Welcome to the Small Bowler Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who has a new haircut today, Brandon Siegel. How are you doing? I do. Well, it's not a new hairstyle, I should say. It's, it is a yeah. new haircut. It's, it got trimmed. It's been a little while. I uh, went on the college flow, and I decided to go to Great Clips. So I've had very few people ever cut my hair, and I uh, had a new woman cut my hair. Her name was Caitlin. She was wonderful. So shout out to Caitlin. If you're somehow listening to this, that would be an accomplishment, I'd like to say. But if you're somehow listening to this, you did a very good job. Yeah. Uh, Trevor, would you let me cut your hair? Definitely not. Max, would you let me cut your hair? I have I've cut my own hair before, oh, so really? I, I wouldn't mind people like I don't mm-hmm. know cutting my hair. I I tried doing that once actually. I like offered people like yeah. you could like if you paid me like you know a certain amount of money, I'd let you do whatever you wanted to my hair. <laughs> but nobody really wanted to do it. What was what yeah. was the charge? I was like five bucks. Like five bucks? if you just gave me five bucks, I would debate you... about doing that. I yeah. feel like that. Like I thought it'd be, be fun. Funny. Yeah, yeah, well, it might whatever. be funny. Um, but we have a good episode planned today. In a, in a week that I don't think a ton happened in sports, I still think we have a good episode, Trevor. So why don't you give us our rundown for today? All right. So today we're going to talk about Rob Gronkowski, who is now working for Fox, uh, Zion Williamson, and some of his great preseason showings, uh, the Daryl Morey, that whole issue. Then we're going to get into small talk trivia, randomly ranked, and our main topics for the week, which will be going over the biggest stories that happened in college football yesterday. Um, and then an NFL, and then we're actually going to give a preview on the Eastern Conference in the NBA, and then have a little shout out for uh, BGSU football yesterday and their win over Toledo. So we'll maybe give our thoughts at the end of the episode on that. Uh, so as always, a uh, great episode planned for today. So like Trevor said, first way to get to Rob Gronkowski, he signed a deal to be a football analyst on Fox. Uh, so what are your thoughts on this, Trevor, as a Patriots fan? Yeah, so... I was kind of surprised by this. I don't think Rob Gronkowski is a guy who's really made to be an analyst, so it was interesting to me. Um, now, there's some criticisms about how he was in his debut, um, saying that, you know, he kind of messed up um, when they were talking about, like, who's the best tight end. He didn't mention Zach Ertz, like, and some different things. But I don't think it should be expected that Rob Gronkowski is going to be, like, this great, like, analyst, and he's going to, like, know, like, the inner workings of – football like I don't think he's that type of guy I think if you're gonna have him as an analyst you should expect him to be like this character this like funny guy like that's his role he's not the guy that's gonna go and analyze plays like Tony Romo mm-hmm. speaking of Tony Romo Tony <laughs> Tony Romo is the best analyst ever there's not one person on this earth who does better analysts than Tony Romo Tony Romo can guess plays before they happen of teams that he did not play on I mean it's amazing but I think you're 100% right I don't know what we're like expecting from Rob Gronkowski, if we're expecting him to break down all these plays and, you know, have an amazing analyst. You know, I, I think he was a good hire because I think he is that fun guy that people like to see. I mean, there's a reason he has a ton of endorsement deals and, you know, things like that. So I think if if you are if you know what you're buying, then it's going to be a good buy. But if you don't know what you're buying and expecting something different, it's not going to be as good of a buy. So, you know, you're paying, it depends what you think you're going to get with Rob Gronkowski. He's a fun guy. You should expect to get a fun you know, type of interview, not someone who's going to give you a ton of analysts, which I personally enjoy very much. So just once again, I'm going to give a shout out to Tony Romo because I love Tony Romo so much. Yeah, I mean, seriously, just go on YouTube, everyone, and just watch what Tony Romo does with his analysts. Right now, our live studio audience, Ben, has heard me talk about Tony Romo about a million times, and he is shaking his head. He's very upset. Max, have you have you heard the Tony Romo analyst at the game? Yeah, I have. Mm-hmm. I think he's a, he's a ama- he's, you know, the best. The best. Thank at, you. In the business right now. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what people are expecting from exactly. Rob, like somebody who's, 
you know, made a career, a post football career of just smashing milk jugs <laughs> over his head. Of just being a fun guy. Yeah. Um, I completely agree. But moving forward, uh, some more talk about preseason basketball. Uh, as you can tell, we love basketball here. Trevor probably likes basketball, especially college basketball, probably more than anyone I know. Um, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about Zion Williamson. He currently has 55 points on 21 from 25 shooting, including one for one from three. Um, so yes, it's only been two games. Yes, it's preseason basketball. But do you, are you still like believing the hype of preseason basketball, Zion? So I'm not talking about Zion as a whole, just preseason basketball, Zion. Yeah. So last week on the podcast, I talked about how you can't overreact to anything on preseason basketball. So I'm not gonna really do that here. But I mean, this is impressive. This is kind of the same thing he was doing at Duke. He's continuing to do it. I mean, on very efficiently, 21 of 25, just insane. Obviously, last season at Duke, I believe he had like, I think he shot like 63% from the field last season at Duke. So, I mean, just very efficient, um, you know, and he can drive to the basket still pretty easily. I mean, still looking at some of the other players on the court. And it's not like the starters are playing like a ton of minutes, but they're still like at least starting the game and you get to see like Zion he goes up and he drives against like Rudy Gobert and he finishes through contact against Rudy Gobert. So I think seeing things like that are definitely impressive. And um, I think he's going to be a great player. As I've said, um, I don't know how many times. I mean, every time we talk about Zion, I talk about how great I think he is. Um, and also, I think that 40s, that 42 rank, I think that I think he's going to really prove that. I mean, pretty much right away. Mm-hmm. And now, gonna I'm going to do, uh, do a special thing here. I, I would like our live studio audience to come in real quick. I have a question for uh, Ben O'Brien, our guest from yesterday. Uh, who, who, has, who likes their person more? Do I like Tony Romo more? Does Trevor like Zion more? I don't think there's anybody on this planet that likes somebody more than you like Tony Romo. That's all, right. all I have to say. Thank you for that, analyst. Uh, you can go back to being your live studio audience. Um, I actually... I'm believing the hype a little bit. I know it's preseason basketball, but this is still impressive. I mean, 21 for 25 is seriously amazing. I, I would like to see pretty much anyone just go and try to make 21 of 25 free throws. I mean, simple shots. So I, I'm actually believing more of the hype, and I'm, I'm 100% a believer of Zion's watchability hype, as I've always been. But this really shows that even in the NBA, even with these top-tier guys, he's still going to be just such a big and phenomenal star. Um in terms of, you know, uh, like Gronk, like likability. So uh, I'm, I'm more of a believer. I'm actually more of a believer after this. Uh, but moving forward, Daryl Morey, the uh, Ra- uh, Rockets GM, not Raptors, um, he uh, had a since-deleted tweet for pro-democracy efforts in Hong Kong. And then the, uh, the Chinese government, the Chinese Basketball Association, and other businesses in China quickly denounced him and severed their ties with the Rockets. Um, this is a very sensitive subject, I think, uh, and, uh, you know, players have been asked about it and they've kind of, you know, evaded the topic. Trevor, w- w- what do you think about this? Do you, do you think, you know, we should try to build our relationship with China in terms of basketball, I'm saying, you know, the NBA and the Chinese Basketball Association, um, even though something like this happened? Right. I think it's a very complicated issue. I mean, originally, I didn't really realize how big of an issue it was until I started reading more into it when we were preparing um, but it's it's complicated. It's kind of tough to know exactly what to do. Um, you know, maybe Daryl Morey, he probably shouldn't have said that. I think maybe he should have been a little more kind of knowing how this would have um, turned out. But then again, I mean, like in, in the USA, obviously, we're all about free speech. And in China, you know, they have different beliefs. That's not exactly maybe they don't have the same beliefs. So it's it's really complicated trying to deal with that. But at the same time, if you're Adam Silver, which and he's kind of said this, he's saying we definitely want to keep our efforts 
I think, with China. But at the same time, it's not exactly something or like we're not exactly going to like silence our players or coaches or GMs from like mm-hmm. giving out their beliefs. So it's complicated. I don't think he should be fired over something like this. I mean, he's just kind of giving his opinion. Um, he did put out an apology, so I thought it was important for him to do that. Um, and also, I think it's important to have China as a market. I think it takes up like 10 million of our like uh, the NBA market. So it obviously contributes to like the cap and, you know, how players get paid. So I think we definitely need to try to keep this relationship with them. Yeah, I mean, you should never silence anyone for their opinions, no matter who they are. I strongly believe that. But um, I think this is a tough situation all around. You probably should have been a little more careful with what he said, but it is incredibly important to keep the Chinese market as such a big market there um, for the NBA and for basketball as a whole. Um, so, you know, just to kind of finish on this, you know, you, you kind of got to be careful, but definitely should not be fired for something like this. Um, to wrap up Small Talk today, we are going to go over to Small Talk Trivia. Um, and this is where we each ask each other a question, and we have a scoreboard running right now. It is 13 to 11. Last week, I got the lone point. Um, so I'm down by two, though. Trevor is still up. Um, Trevor, why don't you go first today with your question? All right. So with the NBA season approaching, um, we have a lot of impressive rookies the past, you know, obviously throughout the NBA history. And Zion, as we talked about, he's going to be a very good rookie, we assume. Um, So my question is, in their NBA debut, which rookie holds the record for most points scored in, like, their first game of their NBA career? Hmm. I know... LeBron had like 23 in his rookie career, I believe, or 26, something like that. I don't know if it's LeBron, though. Um, I'm going to feel stupid if I get it wrong and it's not LeBron, so I'm nervous to say anyone else. I'm trying to think of like recent years if anyone did something stupid in their rookie debut. Just like go like insane. I, don't, I can't think of anything. I'm, I'm going to guess LeBron. LeBron's going to be my guess. It is not LeBron James. It's actually a a player that we talked about last week. I think it was I think it was an answer to maybe your question. It's Wilt Chamberlain. Oh, he had forty three points. Oh, that's in a lot his more first than LeBron. Game. Yes, LeBron had twenty five, I believe. Wilt had forty three. That's a good. I, I probably should have thought farther back than that. I was actually thinking. I was like, it has to be someone more recent. But I probably should have thought farther back than that. All right. So moving forward to my question. My question is about the NFL and Super Bowls. I'm going to kind of go back in history a little bit, not as far as you, but what team won? More than two Super Bowls in the 90s? That is your question. Okay. For a second, I thought you were going to have a multiple choice. But mm-hmm. okay, so which team has more than two Super yeah. Bowls? So not two, more than. There's a team that has three Super Bowls at least in the 90s. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. I would not have guessed that there was a team that had more than three Super Bowls. But um, the 49ers have at least one. But that was kind of getting into the end of, like, the Joe Montana. I think that more was transitioning into Steve Young. But I think they have at least one. The Cowboys have at least one. Um, Man, this is going to be the tough. I know. I can think of, like, a bunch of teams that have won one. Like, the Packers have mm-hmm. won one. Cowboys have won one. Wow. You know what? I think that... I'm going to go with Cowboys. Is that your final answer? Yes. Jesus. Another lucky guess. Another right answer. Uh, the Cowboys were the right answer. They had three. The 49ers had two, and the Broncos also had two okay. um, in the 90s. Again, I can't believe you got a lucky guess. That's, but that's not That one wasn't as lucky. That was like my primary, I think, option. I, I think I knew that they had at least two, but I was mm-hmm. like, do they really have three? Because mm-hmm. what was it like? Or I don't know if you have it up, but I think it was like 94, 95. 
and maybe like a 92 or something like that. It was 93, know. 94, 96. Max, you have input? Okay. I know they beat the Bills twice, right? Maybe. <laughs> I think yeah. they did beat I think they did beat the Bills twice. I think that was 93, 94. That was when the Bills were really good. Yes. Four straight. Yeah. Four straight. Four straight, yep. Uh, live studio audience, Ben, Did you, you knew that, right? Yes, he he shook his head saying he did know that. I I I told Ben before uh, we got here that I thought he would know that answer, but uh, the score is now back to a three point deficit, fourteen to eleven. Trevor is on his I believe fourteenth uh, right guess in a row. It's astonishing <laughs> uh, how many guesses you can get in a row. But uh, moving on to uh, I feel like a fan favorite segment, uh, randomly ranked. This is where we take a completely random topic and rank it. It's pretty self explanatory. Um, so you asked your question first. I will go first. Um, today's topic is going to be favorite shoes you've owned. Now, shout out to Fresh Out the Box. That's my website I run with uh, three of my good friends, or excuse me, four of my good friends, um, Harlan, Aaron, Chad, and Ian. So shout out to them. Um, I'm a big, big, big sneaker head, uh, and I love sneakers. Uh, so I was very excited when you recommended this topic, Trevor. Max, uh, you have your one shoe in mind? When we get back to you, I'm not going to go to you quite yet. Yeah, I, I got. I need to think about it a little bit okay, just because okay. I have to we'll, go through. We'll put you last, yeah. okay? Is that all right? Yeah, that's fine. All right, perfect. So I, I'll go first for this one. Uh, my number three is my Rochers. Now, Nike Rochers are a very classic shoe. I actually recently got our live studio audience member, Ben O'Brien, to get Rochers. Um, they're, they're a very classic shoe. I wear my Rochers probably about 90% of the time I do anything. Um, just overall great Nike shoe. Number two, I'm going to go with all black LeBron 6s. I had two of these when I was younger, so I had them for probably three years or four years in total. I, I wore the hell out of LeBron 6s. I love that specific shoe. Um, so, again, this is favorite shoes you've owned. These three are shoes that I'm saying are probably not my favorite shoes of all time, um, but these are the th three favorite I own. And my number one, I actually technically do not own yet. I'm getting it tomorrow, and I'm incredibly excited. Um, my girlfriend Kayla and Ben have both probably heard me talk about this shoe for like a week now. Right? About a week. Um, and that is the Uninterrupted X Air Force Ones. Um, I'm a big Uninterrupted fan. Anything LeBron does, I'm simply a fan of. Um, they're nice white and blue Air Force Ones, so a big fan. Uh, Trevor, why don't we go to your three favorite shoes that you have owned? All right, so this was tough for me to think of, um, like, the names of the specific shoes that I've had over the years. But I've had, you know, a lot of different shoes I really like. So with number three, I'm going to start off with the shoes that I currently have on, actually. They're, uh, like, a white Nike Free Run um, I love, like, all free runs. I've bought a lot of different Nike free runs. So that's my number three. Number two, I'm going with my favorite basketball shoe that I've ever owned, and it's the Nike Hyper Dunks. I mm -hmm. had them in, uh, they were just, like, a blackish, like, gray, I think. And I had them when I played basketball in middle school, so I loved those shoes mm -hmm. for basketball. Big fan of Hyper Dunks. Yes. And number one, I'm going with the Nike Flyknit 3.0s. Um, I had those. It was like a gray, black, and white shoe, and I had those a couple years ago. I kind of wore them until they finally like, got holes in them. I wore them for right. like, oh, like two years, maybe more than two years, so love those shoes. Yeah, that's a very good shoe. So uh, to the uh, the master expert producer, uh, Max Marco. Max, what, what is your favorite shoe that you have owned? I, I have two different answers. All right, let's, let's, let's hear them both. In terms of enjoyment, okay. I had a pair of Heelys when I was a kid oh. that I just absolutely loved because I was a child and I just loved to roll around in them. Mm -hmm. It's the story. Yeah, it's yes. just the connection right. you know, to childhood. The memories. But uh, right now, actually the shoes that I'm wearing right now, the uh, New Balance Cruise V1s. Okay. Super comfortable. I All could right. use them for anything. Uh, so that's just my personal favorite. Mm -hmm. I, like. I didn't know if I would like New Balance or not just because I wasn't a huge fan of like the Air Monarchs or whatever. Okay. But 
I like him. So would you nice. say as the uh, the peak, the top expert producer in the nation, <laughs> is this the like you know? Would you sponsor this shoe, saying this is what you should wear if you're you want to produce, you want to be oh, the best? Oh yeah, oh right. for sure. That is the uh, the yeah. check, the approval from our wonderful producer Max Marco. Uh, but moving on over to our main topics, we actually have a couple today. We're going to start in college football because um, there's a lot of different things to talk about here. Uh, first, we're going to start with Georgia. Georgia lost in double overtime to South Carolina. Ryan Holinsky's Gamecocks. Uh, Trevor. Thoughts on this game? I, I feel like we had a really solid like top five, six teams, and Georgia just didn't look great. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, you know, most of the top teams always have like that one game, or sometimes it's two games, but usually like that one game where they don't play so well, and sometimes they can get away with a win, as Clemson did earlier in the season against North Carolina, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes they lose, and Georgia lost this one to South Carolina. Uh, Jake Fromm did not play well through three interceptions, was 20-51. to 51. So, uh, not a great game from Georgia. I think they'll bounce back from this, definitely. And I still think they are, like, a top-five team. Um, but we will see what they do uh, next week. Yeah, I was a big believer in Georgia. Uh, Jake Fromm looked horrible. Uh, he doesn't look like he should be on a football field really ever again after this game. Um, but it's interesting just how this game broke down. Uh, you know, the, it came down to kicking. A lot of missed field goals. Um, and it's interesting because Georgia has... Well, Probably the best kicker in college football in Blankenship, uh, and Mr. Goggles. Uh, so Jake Fromm, 28 for 51, uh, almost 300 yards with three interceptions. I, I know they weren't all his fault, but it's just unacceptable. Uh, DeAndre Swift played amazing as always. Um, he's going to be an amazing NFL prospect. Um, I don't even think that South Carolina played like phenomenal. I think they played pretty well, but not like like way amazing. Um, similar to our Bowling Green Falcons, which we will get to later. Um, but it's interesting. I, I think Georgia beat themselves up a little bit here. I, I think this might come down a little bit more on coaching to me. Um, Jake Fromm is a good quarterback. I know he didn't look good in this game, and I know I just said that he should never touch a football field, but he's still a super high NFL prospect. I know a uh, live studio audience member, Ben O'Brien, uh, loves Jake Fromm. But it's interesting how this game kind of turned out, and I, I, I think I'd blame it on coaching. I truthfully do. Uh, I also think Georgia is still a top-five team. I'm, I'm not sold on leaving on them quite yet. I need at least one more like bad win or a bad like a really really bad loss something like that to truly believe that I I think they're out of the top five. Uh, I would not have in my playoff. I think that's kind of self-explanatory right. as they lost. Um, but it's interesting. This was I think an interesting game to dissect and to kind of look at, um, especially from the concept of kicking. Which a uh, quick little story about kicking. Jim Harbaugh of Michigan Wolverines, uh, <laughs> a fantastic coach in college football. I know. Some people might think differently right now, but that's what I believe. Um, Quinn Nordine is one of the kickers in Michigan. Uh, he's from, I believe, he's from Pennsylvania. And uh, when Jim Harbaugh was recruiting him, recruiting him, he felt it was so important where he slept on his couch uh, one night because he wanted him so badly. And I think this kind of proves how important kickers are. Uh, so I don't know. The, the Georgia loss, it's it's interesting. I'm not completely selling him quite yet, though. I thought you were gonna say something else there. I thought you were gonna uh, talk about Jim Harbaugh's dad. Who you got to meet yesterday, yes, I did. right? I, I got to talk to Jack Harbaugh yesterday. Jack Harbaugh is a uh, alum here, and he was the coach of the 1959, I believe, national championship team. Is that correct? Of yes. Bowling Green State University Falcons football. I got to talk to him, and I got to explain to him, I, I love your sons. I'm a Ravens fan and a Michigan fan um, and a Falcons fan, so I'm connected to your whole family because his wife, Jackie, also went to Bowling Green. They're Falcon Flames. Oh, wow. So um, it's actually the second time I got to meet Jack because he was here at the beginning of of the season last year, the very first game he did the coin flip, him and his wife did. Okay. So I talked to him both times, um, and he looks a hell of a lot like Jim Harbaugh, like a lot like him. 
Um, but I was talking to him. It is interesting when I saw him, Michigan was up 28 nothing. I told him, I was like, Michigan's right now up 28 nothing, And then they they got like 28 unanswered points on him. They ended up winning, I think, 42-28 or something. But they got like, literally, it was like 35-28. It was like a close game for a little bit. And I, it was like Ooh. right after I talked to him. And I was like, oh, no. But uh, moving on, we, we talked too long about Georgia there. Uh, moving on to uh, kind of talking about the top five in college football. Let's kind of go over this quickly. Who's your current top five now in what order? Um, so I think I have Alabama number one. Mm-hmm. So, and now this is the thing. Like I like to go based on resume when I'm making my top five. Okay. So because of Clemson's almost loss, I would take them back a little bit. I would have Ohio State number two. I would have LSU number three. I would have Clemson four. And I would have – see, it's so close between – uh, Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma is who I would have number five. It's, okay. it's close though. I think I'd have Oklahoma number five. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll be blamed for some bias showing here. Um, I Alabama and Clemson is very close. I do think Alabama is number one. Uh, I put Clemson at two. Um, I have LSU and Oklahoma tied. Um, at the three and four spot, I think they are incredibly, incredibly close, and I'd love to see those teams play. They won't. They both just had emphatic wins over big teams. Um, and I think I think both of them were at home. I don't think either one was away, but Oklahoma being Texas, that's a big win, and LSU beating Florida um, is a big win. But I, I would have Ohio State at five, but I think they're a close five. I, I want to see them play someone who's really, really, really good, um, which is coming up soon. I think they'll play Wisconsin, not this coming week, but next week. They'll play Northwestern this week on, I believe, Friday. Um, yes. So... Once they play Wisconsin, they have a big win. I, I can I can jump them up more. I'm I'm much more impressed with Oklahoma and LSU. Um, I love Justin Fields. I think he's super talented. But Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts are probably the Heisman favorites. Them and Tua. Uh, Jalen Fields probably wrapping up there. Jonathan Taylor. But uh, LSU and Oklahoma are really really impressive. So I would I would have that as my top four. And Georgia at my I would probably put them at number seven. I'd have Wisconsin at six. I think I agree with that. Um. But it's going to be interesting. Wisconsin, I, I think, is really good. Really, really good. I, I'd love to see them make a push, and you know, I'd love to see them play Ohio State. That's going to be a great game in two weeks. Um, but we're going to move on to the NFL um, and talk a little bit about the NFL. The first thing I want to talk about here uh, quickly is about Mahomes and Watson, Deshaun Watson. Uh, they are playing today at 1 o'clock in 30 minutes. Uh, we're recording this at noon, uh, like normal. So... Um, it's very interesting. They have a lot of stuff tied together. They currently both have the same number of touchdown passes. Um, they both made the Pro Bowl last year with the same number of completions um, throughout the season. They completed the same number of passes and same amount of touchdowns in the Pro Bowl game. They were drafted two picks apart. They had the same number of touchdowns throughout their college career. So they're connected in a lot of ways. And both quarterbacks are fabulous. Uh, who wins this game, in your opinion? Um, I think the Chiefs win this game. They're at home. Um, they just came off a loss, so I think they're going to be they're a little upset about that, so I think they're definitely going to win maybe by about two touchdowns, I'd say. Uh, my bold pick today. This is not going to be my quick break. My bold pick, I think the Texans win. Wow. I think the Chiefs are they're on the down right now. They just lost to the Colts, a team that is – I love the Colts, and I think they're good, but they're not better than the Chiefs. Um, I don't think the Texans are amazing. I think they have holes in their team, but I do like the Texans a lot. And I love Watson and Mahomes both. I think they're both such great quarterbacks, but Tariq Hill is not playing. Uh, Sammy Watkins – is injured. Uh, you have Eric Fisher injured. Chris Jones is injured. There's a lot of injuries on the Chiefs and very little injuries on the Texans. So I'm looking for a big Texans win here. I, I think they can pull this off. I think they win by six. 
Uh, moving forward uh, to quickly talk about the Cleveland Browns. They are slumping a little bit. I know they just beat the Ravens, which I was upset about. Um, Baker looks like he's terrible. Uh, what do you think about the Browns? Do you think they have a chance to turn it around? How are you feeling with them? Uh, it's so tough to say because, and, and you know, my dad was talking about this. Um, he thinks there's like two totally different teams. Like there's the good Browns and there's the bad Browns. Um, and, and that kind of makes a lot of sense. One week they can look uh, pr- like a pretty good team, like a playoff team. Right. Um, another week they just totally horrible, like they were against the 49ers. So I think it's it's really hard to say. I think I'm leaning more towards the bad Browns right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's right now it's very hard to see them making the playoffs. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, I'm not I'm not selling the Browns yet. I think they have looked terrible, but this is a new team with a lot of big egos on the team. Uh, I don't think Baker's as good as people, you know, were like, oh my gosh, should have won rookie of the year last year. I definitely don't think he's that good. But this is not normally how Baker Mayfield plays. I am actually going to put this on effort, coaching, and coachability. And let me explain that. Effort, I think you you have plays last week where there was a lot of plays where it was not Baker's fault um, that things happened. And they talked about this a little bit on ESPN when I was watching earlier. Coachability in the sense that there's a lot of players getting penalties. They're one of the most penalized teams in the NFL. And the last one is coaching. I, I don't think Freddie Kitchens has done a good job coaching. I think the Browns are going to turn this around a little bit. I still would have Ra- the Ravens as my uh, division winner. I-, I don't find anyone great in this division. I don't even find the Ravens great. They're not looking great. But I think the Ravens, similar to the Browns, are going to get their you know their stuff together a little bit and move forward. Um, I think the Browns are going to be a good team, and I think they'll be a really good team next year. Yeah, and one more thing. I think the major problem with the Browns is their offensive line, and that's been a huge problem with them throughout the years. Their offensive line is just consistently very bad, so they really need to get that in yep. check and the coachability as well, as you said. Um, So we're going to kind of go into a little bit of an NBA Eastern Conference preview here. Um, Trevor, I know you have a lot of thoughts, so I'm going to throw this to you uh, right after. I'm going I'm to kind of make my pick at who I think is going to win the Eastern Conference, then I'm going to throw it to you. Does it sound good? Yes. Okay. Um, I have the 76ers winning the Eastern Conference, but close, close to the Bucks. Giannis is super, super powerful, but I like the 76ers team. I kind of like what they did with it with Horford and uh, Embiid and kind of stressing a little bit more on those bigs. Um, and I, I think, obviously, they lost Jimmy Butler, but I, I don't think that's going to end up being such a big loss, especially with Al Horford taking place. So I'm going to pick the 76ers. The East is terrible. There's really no one who can challenge like the top four teams in the West here. Um but the Bucks and the Sixers are definitely the the top two teams to me. Yeah, so I agree with that. I have a pretty clear top two. It's the Sixers and Bucks, and I would favor the Sixers uh, making it to the NBA Finals. I just think that with that Al Horford, Joel Embiid dynamic, it's going to allow them to give Embiid some more games off. I think they can, you know, that'll kind of help with the load management because you really need to preserve Embiid during the regular season as much as you can. Maybe play like. 60, 60, 65 games. I don't think he needs to really play any more than that. I think Ben Simmons' shooting is going to improve, so I think the Sixers should be the favorite in the East. I mean, they have a really big lineup, but I really like a lot of those players. I like Tobias. I like Josh Richardson. Um, and then the Bucks are going to be very good again with Giannis, but, I mean, he needs to get the help. He needs to get a little bit more help, and that's why I think the Sixers are better because I think they have more talent around him. Um, also, I think that... Um, the Celtics are decent. Um, I think they're third best team, and then I would say like Pacers, Nets in some order, and then I would round it off if I'm doing playoff predictions with the Raptors at six, the Heat seven, and I would say the Pistons um, very uh, barely getting into the playoffs as the eight seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I, the East is so weak, and it just seems like it's getting weaker and weaker and weaker every single year. 
Uh, I'm just so not a big believer in any of these teams. I don't think any of them are great. Um, I think one of them or two of them will probably go above 50, you know, probably three games, get 54, 55. And we'll, we'll have a lot of teams in the West that are really, really good, kind of similar to the uh, to the NFL this year where the uh, American is just not as good yeah. at all. The, the NFC is way, way better. Um, we're actually going to move on to our final topic that I think we have to talk about. Um, the Bowling Green State University Falcons football team won for the first time in 10 years over the Toledo Bottle Rockets um, and <laughs> won the I-75 trophy or whatever they win. I don't know what they win. I, I We haven't yeah, won in 10 years. Um, we have a new quarterback, Grant Loy, who was a walk-on. He's now in scholarship. Um, he ran the ball 20 times. I just – well, 19, but basically 20. Uh, 19 times running here for 137 yards and a touchdown. He went 14 for 21. Um, passing 185 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Uh, wow, uh, that's just kind of like it, it's interesting. We were talking about this earlier, Trevor. Like it, when it happened, like I, it didn't feel like it happened. Like I, I wasn't necessarily surprised, but it was just like every part of the game. I'm like, okay, well they're gonna come back. Like Toledo's way better than us, you know. Then we hit like the fourth quarter, and I'm like, okay, like it, it just doesn't matter. Like they're gonna, they're gonna score, you know. Even at the end, you know, the game's over, and I'm like, this just didn't really like hit me that we won for the first time in ten years. So, what were your thoughts from your end? Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of times we've seen over the four years that we've been in college where, you know, BG, they can start off, you know, maybe they go up a touchdown, go up 10 nothing, and it's like, okay, here we go. You know, we're going to have a good game, good season, and then they let you down because all of a sudden the other team gets momentum, and, you know, they rattle off four or five straight touchdowns mm-hmm. and it ends up a blowout, and it's just kind of disappointment. So I think that was the same thing that we kind of expected to see yesterday in the Toledo game. I think a lot of fans probably expected maybe like, uh, let's not celebrate yet. We got to wait. Right. We got to keep it up because we had that good first half. But it's like we have to keep doing the same things we're doing. And the defense really was impressive yesterday. The defense was awesome holding Toledo to seven points. And there were some things that had to break our way as well. And, you know, you take everything you can get. And I think just in these rivalry games, um, you know, it's just you're playing for something more. And I think that's what the Falcons did yesterday. And it was great to see him get the win. It really was. Uh they uh, started the game as a 27-point underdog and ended up winning by 13, 20-7. So overall, such a great game. Uh, but we're going to move into our quick predictions to finish off the episode today. Um, my quick prediction is this coming week, Lamar Jackson will be the top fantasy quarterback against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, who are terrible. Uh, our live studio audience member, Ben O'Brien, is wearing his uh, Bengals shirt and Bengals sweatshirt, and they are going to take a utterly terrible defeat today to my Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Trevor, your quick prediction. All right, so this may be good news for Ben, depending on how he feels about whether he wants the Bengals to tank or not. He wants them to tank. Okay, so maybe not (laughs) so much. I think the Redskins will be the last team to win a game. Um, There's four teams that haven't won yet. The Redskins, the Bengals, the Dolphins, and the Jets. I think the Redskins will be the last team to win, meaning that I think the Dolphins will beat the Redskins today. That's astonishing, but, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, But thank you all so much for listening today. Thank you to our amazing producer, Max, as always. We love having you back. We missed you um, last week. Hopefully that hockey game was fun, though. Was it fun? Did we win? It was a win in Oxford, so that was good. Good, good. Yeah. Um, But thank you again for being here. We truly appreciate it. Um, Thank you all so much for listening. We are now on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, uh, Google Play, so there's no excuse not to listen. Uh, whatever platform you're on, please subscribe, leave us a review, comment, and follow us both on Twitter, all three of us, uh, Max included, um, and the Small Baller Podcast Twitter, at Small Baller Pod. Uh, but w- with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Go Falcons!